Thank you to all who have had a part in the service so far today. Appreciated all the input. Things that uh, we've had opportunity to consider. Thankful for the ways that God is working in Tanzania. And uh, I guess I obviously or couldn't help but think of the scripture that says, Rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep while we are rejoicing in God's faithfulness in some of the processes there in Tanzania. There are those who've been weeping over the situation that has arisen in Haiti. Yesterday, I think probably almost all of you are familiar with it, where some of Christian Aid's personnel, team members, whatever it is, families were taken hostage and are being uh, held and asked for an incredible bail. So I think it'd be fitting for us to just take a moment, a few moments, and spend a little time in prayer. If I were in a place of responsibility over those who are held hostage, I would feel an incredible need for prayer. If my children were of those held hostage, I would feel an incredible need for prayer. And I could go on and on with that list. I believe God has answered our prayers so far. Um, What little we know, and maybe someone knows more than I do, but at least I've heard that they're all safe and they're all together, as best as I, that's, whether that's all exactly accurate, but that's, I at least heard that much. That was one of my prayers, that God would keep them safe. So, God has a plan. God is able to use this situation. And uh, we pray that those who are a part of this undesirable experience, that God would sustain them in a mighty way. In a mighty, mighty way. And, as was mentioned on that one message, that those, the captors would come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. You know, the devil has a plan, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. If we could, let's... Well, let's kneel together, and I would really appreciate if about two or three brothers would just lift up their voice in prayer.
morning we come before you. We thank you for yes. many songs we sang this morning. You spoke of the great God that you are. Mm-hmm. Father, we pray for those who are being held captive, that you would grant them peace. Mm-hmm. Pray, Lord, that you help them to leave a clear testimony that would speak to the bottom of these men's hearts. Yes. Help them yes. to realize that they are not just dealing with few people, they are dealing with a great God. Yes. Pray, Lord, in whatever way you choose, that you make your name would be honored and glorified. Pray that these men would be able to come to see their need of you, be able to go towards you, find you as their Savior. Father, I pray for the those in charge, the committee members, God, to grant them much wisdom. Help them to be able to be at rest and know that you are leading, you are guiding, directing them. And yes. Yes, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning to thank you, Lord, the missionaries and heavy that stand, Lord. I just pray that you would renew them through this time. Bless you, Lord, protecting hands on them. Pray, Holy Spirit, to spread your presence there. Mm-hmm. Pray that you would just help them, Lord, to put their trust and their confidence in you, Lord. You have a plan for all this. And I think, too, Lord, of Sally Grant, the administrator there, praying that you give him wisdom and knowledge as he works this situation. Yes, Father. As well as Pete Fred and others involved with helping to communicate with the FBI and the other kinds of people. Pray, Lord, that you would give them direction. Our Father, we are grateful this morning that we can call upon you. We can make our requests known with thanksgiving, Lord. And we do this morning. We thank you. We thank you for your sustaining grace. We thank you, Father, for the protection that has been provided so far, as best we know. And, Father, we we thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you that you, uh, this matter is not hidden from you at all, but that you're very much involved. And we bless you for that, Father, and pray that you would continue. You have a plan. We pray that you would uh, be close to those who are in places of responsibility where decisions need to be made. Be with them, sustain them, strengthen them. Be that still small voice that speaks to their hearts and guides them through this situation. Pray for the authorities, 
that they too would be instruments in your hands, that you would use their places of responsibility in, uh, in this situation. You would give them wisdom. You would give them understanding of the situation, wisdom to know how to go about resolving it, how to, uh, yeah, how to deal with the situation at hand. Father, bless them. Father, we pray for those who are in captivity, that you would sustain them in a mighty way. You would be close to them. You would give calmness and rest to all. You would bless the children with the calmness of your presence and spirit. God, we pray that you would cause your face to shine upon this group. That the glory of God would radiate from their lives. That the captors would be made to wonder what is different about these folks. And as was prayed, that they would recognize that they're not just dealing with a few people. But they're dealing with an eternal God. And so, Father, we do commit... these matters to you. Just pray for the families yet who have loved ones involved in this situation that they would too find your peace and rest in their hearts. They would sense your hand of comfort, your hand of grace in their lives. So, Father, now as we Continue in our service here. Be gracious to us and bless us. Pour out your spirit upon us. Bless your word to our hearts again today. Lord, may we, may we be fed from the word of God, by the spirit of God. Lord, bless each one present. Bless anyone who would have had a desire to be here and were not able for whatever reason. May you minister and meet their needs as well today. And Father, wherever your word is preached today, whether in truth or in pretense, we pray that the word would go forth, having effect upon the listeners, bringing forth fruit, as the scriptures say, line upon line and precept upon precept, that as truth is preached and taught, that it would resonate in the hearts of people and, and uh, make a difference in individual lives as choices are made to walk in your ways and in your truths and in your kingdom. So thank you, Lord. Bless us. Keep us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, for the message, we can again turn to the book of First John this morning. First John chapter three. And I'd like to read the first three verses of First John chapter three. <clears throat> Behold, 
what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. <clears throat> I um, I found the devotional somewhat in- interesting. Uh, I say interesting because my thoughts are going down similar vein here. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be... Uh, not necessarily repeating everything, but saying things, probably similar things in different words and different scriptures uh, for the most part. But uh, anyhow, in the last uh, today, well, in the last message that I preached, I actually uh, uh, preached on verse 1 of chapter 3, where we talked about the manner of love that God the Father bestowed on us people that we would and could be rightly called the sons of God. And uh, so today then I'd like to uh, continue in verse 2 and verse 3. And I've titled today's message, The Hope of a Son. This scripture says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And that uh, that term sons in this particular scripture is not necessarily singling out the men, <laughs> but it's rather a uh, more of a, I'm going to say, a generic term that involves all believers. Um, uh, now are we the children of God. Uh, some scriptures uh, translate the word children. So really, now are we the children of God. We are we are his sons. And so the hope of a son, this uh, scripture also talks about the person or individuals that have this hope. And so we'll, uh, we'll look at this a bit this morning. You know, now are we the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Um, how do we become a son how um, and I'm speaking in the natural sense obviously a bit here uh, how um, how does a, a child get the privilege of calling uh, someone their father uh, why does a father call a certain child his son a certain boy, his son. How is that? Well, it's for basically in the scripture actually alludes to both of these. It's by either birth or by adoption that that privilege is there. Um, this is my father. This is my son. In fact, you can turn to. Uh, John chapter 3, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. 
I'm going to start reading here in John 3, verse 3. Uh, this is, uh, well, let me read verse, start at verse 1. It gives us a better context. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, unto Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. And I'll stop there. Uh, we asked the question, you know, how do we become a son? And in this particular uh, uh, text of First of John there, it said, uh, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. How did that come to be, that we are actually called the sons of God? Well, this scripture here uh just simply answers those questions. It says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So, um, the person, you know, uh, a natural, uh, we have dads and their children sitting here. These children are natural uh, offsprings of, of the parent, parents. And that's a natural, that is flesh, that is father, son. This is my son, this is my father, this is my uh this is the one who gave me life. Then Jesus, in his challenge to Nicodemus, which Nicodemus couldn't understand, Jesus says a man needs to be born a second time. And Nicodemus starts scratching his head and saying, okay, are you, and I'm putting a little of my own words in here, are you crazy? <laughs> Can a man uh, enter into his mother's womb and be born a second time? Well, Jesus had to explain to him a little bit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the first birth. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. This is a, That's the second birth that he's talking about, being born again. There's a scripture in Ezekiel that uh, describes that process a bit. Um, that spiritual birth where a man is born again. And I'd like to read that scripture. It's in Ezekiel 36. And this was, uh, the book of Ezekiel was a, Ezekiel was a prophet in, in, uh, in the Old Testament. And, uh, he was describing something that would happen in his, in the future. Something that wasn't necessarily a reality at the time of he, that he was writing. But he said, this is what's going to happen. So in Ezekiel 36, verse 25, 
The prophet Ezekiel says this, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. So there we have the prophet Ezekiel describing uh, quite a little, uh, quite some time before it actually became reality that this would happen. He's describing what's going to happen. And he talks about the heart of man and how the heart of man is stony. It's hard, it's sinful, it's uh, filthy, but the prophet says there's coming a time when God's going to do a work, and in that work, God's going to take that stony heart out, and he's going to put in a soft heart, a heart that's sensitive to him, and he's going to put a new spirit in the person. And that all came uh, that, uh, that is exactly what Jesus was talking about in, in John, uh, 3.16, or John 3, when he talked about, uh, um, except a man be born again, born of the Spirit. In the, in the natural birth, life is passed from the Father to the Son. And in the spiritual birth, life is passed from the father to the son, from the father to the children. And it's by that spirit that we talk about here. My spirit will I put within you. And uh, God puts in the, in the human heart a little bit of himself. It's his spirit that he puts in the human heart when a person uh, comes to believe in Jesus. This uh, scripture that Ezekiel, uh, uh, what he, what Ezekiel described here about a new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, that reality came about when Jesus gave his life at Calvary for our sins. Um, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, shed his blood that we might have forgiveness of sins, and that we might have new life. And upon believing in Jesus and repenting of our sins and our old life, we become born again. And we receive His Spirit in our hearts. And we become a son of God. And that's how we become the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. Now are we the children of God. Because we have, we have seen our sinfulness, we have, re, uh, we have seen that the Lord Jesus Christ gave His blood, shed His blood for our sins, we have believed in Him, we have repented of our old sinful life, and He put His Spirit in us, and now we are His Son. We are His child we are uh, 
We have a new life within us. We have been born again, born a second time. Romans 8, Paul says it this way, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we have the Spirit of God within us, and we will... And we walk in the Spirit, and we are the sons of God. And we would probably close out the message a bit on that note as well. The Apostle Paul goes on to say there that uh, we have not received the spirit of bondage to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have received the spirit of adoption um, you remember I said there's two ways. One is being born, that uh, that a person is called a son. One is by being born and the other is by being adopted and God includes them both. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't want us anyone to feel like they miss out, that they're not included in this plan. Uh, whether it's, uh, he, he includes all the possibilities. It's birth, it's adoption, it's whatever. This is what he's doing. He's bringing you into his family, if you will believe. And he's... Uh, Wanting to put his spirit in our hearts and, and, uh, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, which that word, I think I'd sometimes, uh, we can say it this way, my father, my father, he is my father. <clears throat> and Galatians 4, Paul says it this way, and because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, Crying, Abba, Father, the same thing there. Uh, and so God puts his spirit in our hearts and that spirit uh, witnesses that he is our father. And we have that assurance that he is our father. So how do we become the sons of God? How do we become to the place where we are called the children of God? It's when we believe, trust him for salvation and he puts his spirit in our hearts and we are his. He puts his spirits, his life in us. So that's how it comes to be that we can be called sons of God or children of God. Um, That claim can only be made by those who have, in fact, believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and have trusted him for forgiveness of their sins and have put their faith and confidence in him. First John, uh, John continues, he says, It doth not yet appear what we shall be. Uh, He's kind of taking in a big scope here. He says, For right now we are the sons of God. He says, it does not yet appear what we shall be, uh, what's coming in the future, basically. And so I'd like to look at that just a little bit, what the scripture has to say about what we shall be, what's coming in the future. Um, I'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians 15 and look at the scripture there. Verses 49 to 53. What is yet coming in the future? 
based on what Paul, uh, what he says, what John says there, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Uh, he, it gives us indication that we don't understand it all yet. And uh, we won't understand it all until we actually see it in reality. All right, First uh, Corinthians fifteen forty nine. Just breaking into the context here, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. In other words, we're not going to go to heaven with this body of flesh and blood as it is now. Uh, verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Okay, so this mystery he's talking about is the fact that, uh, that, that um, not everyone is uh, going to live to see the day of their death. Because Jesus is going to come back at some point. And uh, the, the, uh, the scripture has some things to say about what's all going to happen then. But uh, this word sleep, we shall not all sleep, is basically is saying we're, we're not all going to live to see the day of our death. And that's, you know, that's kind of relative. We don't know when that's going to be. Uh, that Jesus will come again. We might all sitting here live to see the day of our death, but when Jesus comes, there's going to be living human being Christians on the earth, and they're going to see it. Uh, let's read on. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So when Jesus comes and the last trump and the trumpet shall sound, as this scripture says it, the dead shall be raised up and, uh, and we, those who are still alive, shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Again, saying the same thing. We're not going to, uh, in, we're not going to go to the place of eternal existence to heaven with this body of flesh and blood. This is going to stay behind. It's going to dissipate. It's going to whatever. Uh, we're going to have a new uh, body. Uh, this, so, that, so when this corruptible, this body, this shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So he uh, finishes off that scripture by encouraging us as, as believers to continue faithfully uh, while we're here. And while we have life, uh, knowing that at some point, either we will die or the Lord will return. And uh, great harvests as uh, harvest of souls as, you know, evangelism and all that will be done.
So it does not yet appear what we shall be. Like I said, we're not going to inherit. We're not going to heaven with this body that has fle- uh, uh, flesh and blood. We're going to have some kind of a different uh, body. Just looking at several other scriptures. Um, here's one in Philippians. Just turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. And just looking at uh, these, just kind of zeroing in on some scriptures that talk about the change that will come uh, to us. Verse 20 of the Philippians 3, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. And so that scripture is saying the same thing there. Uh, So we are, our conversation is in heaven. We, in other words, we have a heaven focus while we're living on earth. And uh, we're waiting for Jesus to come again. And when he comes, he will change our, our vile bodies these bodies of flesh and blood, that it may be fashioned like into his glorious body, a glorified body. So, that scripture gives us a a little bit of a glimpse into that as well. Uh, We remember what uh, that John said, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Well, uh, Paul says we're uh, we're going... He will change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Uh, he gives us a little glimpse into that. Colossians 3 verse 4 says, When Christ who is our life shall appear, when he comes again, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Uh, just another scripture sheds a little bit of light on that subject. We shall also appear with him in glory. And in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And that scripture uh, clearly gives us the understanding that we are very limited in, in, in perceiving the, uh, what's coming in the eternal. But uh, then we'll see it face to face. We do know one thing. Jesus told us one thing about the eternal, our eternal existence. He said in Matthew 22, verse 30, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So that much we do know. Uh, there will be no male nor female. There will be no marriage. There will be uh, at least <laughs> we have the great marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, but we're, we're, we'll, be, we'll be changed. I think there will as best as I can tell, there'll be some kind of an uh, equality in all of us. Uh, that'll be different than we know it now. And yeah, yeah. So it doth not yet appear what we shall be. We have some glimpses in the scripture, uh, what that's going to be like. Uh, but yeah, very limited. Uh, what that will be like when 
Jesus comes and we begin our uh, existence in his presence for all eternity. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. And we've already been alluding to this, but John goes on to say when, let me turn to that scripture, when he shall appear. But we know that when he shall appear, and we've been talking about that a bit, when he shall appear. Um, let me let me take us back to First Thessalonians and just talk about that a little bit more. Uh, just focusing in on that, this specifically, when he shall appear. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. Paul writes and says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. And that word asleep there means those which have passed on, those which have died. That ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. You see, at this point, the, the early Christians were still trying to get a, a solid grasp on the doctrines of Christ and the, and his new, the new covenant and where things will go from here. And uh, I think there was some actually concern that those who had died are somehow going to miss out on the kingdom of Christ. And he assures them here not to worry. Uh, He says, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep, those which have died and gone on, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Uh, Those which have passed on and are are, uh, waiting in that eternal uh, place of bliss uh, they're, uh, they're, they're, they have some kind of an existence somewhere <laughs> we don't know exactly what that is all about either but uh, God will bring them with him as he says here uh, God will bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep those which have passed on For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So when he shall appear, this scripture gives us a uh, fairly... uh, detailed uh, insight into uh, what this is all going to look like and that uh, when Jesus comes again, those that uh, have died in the Lord will rise and uh, be with him and those who are still alive will be caught up and changed and be with him and all join that chariot to glory like Elijah did, huh? Or like, uh, yeah. So, anyhow, the scriptures give us little insights into that. When he shall appear. In Acts, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. 
in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. And this is, uh, well, I'll read it, then I'll make some comments. In, the begin- in, in verse 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked him, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is is come upon you, the Holy Spirit. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And so they're sitting here talking to Jesus, a few of his disciples, and they're asking him, "Is you know, so he, the, the, the crucifixion has happened. The Lord Jesus has risen from the dead. He has shown himself to some of his disciples and uh, to the disciples and some different people along the way. And now they're talking to him again. Uh, they're with him there and they're asking him, okay, this has all happened, you know. Are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you now going to set up the rule? Are you now going to deliver us from Roman bondage and, and all this stuff? And, and are, is your, is your uh, all-powerful, all-prevailing, all-overcoming kingdom going to be set up now? And, they say, and he says to them, you know what? That's not for you to know. But this is, what, uh, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to get, receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive an anointing of uh, the Spirit of God to go forward and and evangelize the world is basically the way he's saying it. And while he says all of that, he just says that, and then just like that, a cloud shows up and Jesus disappears up into the cloud and right on up into glory until they don't see him anymore. And so they're here. And while it says, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven... You know, he had actually, uh, he had disappeared out of their sight at different points along the way since his resurrection. Uh, when they were together, you know, they were together in a room, the doors were all closed and suddenly there he is. And uh, somehow he evacuated those scenes from time to time as well. But this, uh, and so they he he disappears. This was a little different than any other disappearing they'd ever seen. And they're standing there looking and watching and watching where he'd le- where he'd gone. And then, uh, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Two angels showed up on the scene, which also said, "Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven?" This same Jesus, which is taken up from you, is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So he's going to return in a similar fashion as you've seen him go. And then they returned uh, unto Jerusalem and uh, the story goes on. But uh, that gives us a glimpse of... uh, when he shall appear, he disappeared into heaven and the angels said he's going to come in a similar way. He's going to come again. And we've been saying that and waiting for that ever since. 
because um, he will. He will someday come again. Revelation, I'll just quote this verse. Revelation 1, verse 7 says this, Behold, he cometh with clouds. Remember, it was a cloud that took him away. He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And then we have one more scripture in Colossians 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So, when he shall appear, he is coming again. Uh, sometime, at some point, that will become reality. Amen. Uh, the Bible says that there will be scoffers in last days that will say, well, everything goes on just as it always has. And you might almost be tempted to think that because it's been generations uh, since Jesus disappeared into the heavens in the clouds. But... Uh, we're we're still waiting and someday he will he will come now this scripture goes on um and we like to spend just a little bit of time on this now going back to first john If I just read verse 2 and 3 again. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's what we've been talking about. Him coming, how, what's, how it's going to affect us, what this is going to look like, you know, kind of thing. And then he goes on in verse 3 and he says, Every man, and we could say every person, that hath this hope in him, purifieth himself, even as he, Jesus, is pure. Um, so every person who has this hope of Christ's return, Christ coming again, Christ coming to receive his bride, uh, the resurrection, where we uh, are caught up again to be with the Lord for all eternity. Every man that has this hope in him, he does something. <laughs> Scripture says here he, he does something. He purifieth himself. <clears throat> and so this is where I start maybe to overlap with the devotional a bit. So every man that has this hope. You know, uh, maybe just thinking about hope for a little bit. Uh, hope is something that... Uh, it's it's an anticipation of something that we don't yet experience. Uh, hope, you know, we uh, let's say it would be very very dry and uh, out, outside, you know, and the crops were suffering and 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 uh, and we would see a cloud, dark cloud in the sky, and there would be just there would be a hope that it'll rain. There'd be a hope. We don't. It's not realized yet, but boy, there's something in our hearts just. Oh, I just hope that cloud comes right over us and starts dumping rain. It's a hope, something just really anticipating some uh, a good, some good to come here, and uh, and that's what we have here. It's it's uh, 
Every man that has this hope, this hope of Jesus coming again, this hope of a resurrection, this hope of of uh, being uh, being one of those children who will spend eternity with him in, in his presence and having that hope in our hearts, uh, that anticipation and uh, waiting for him. And the basis of that hope, maybe we should think about that a little bit. The basis of that hope, you know, uh, you can hope for rain when it's really dry. And you do have a basis for hope. You know, that basis is probably in the goodness of God and that God causes the rain to fall on the just and, the un- and, and on the unjust. But you also realize that that hope, it may be realized and it may not. You know, it might be realized today when that big blue cloud comes, or it might not. It might not be realized for two more weeks, you know. It might not be realized for a while. Uh, in this matter of this hope that we have in, in, uh, of Christ coming again, it is a, uh, the basis of our hope. Let, let me just quote this verse, um, Colossians 1.27. Uh, it's the latter part of the verse we're looking at. But to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, Paul says it this way in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Again, the latter part of the verse, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. So he identifies Jesus as being the source of our hope. And then in Romans fifteen thirteen, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now that's a bit of a wordy one there, but the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. So he actually wants us to be so confidently settled in our belief in Christ and in salvation through faith and in, in, uh, that so confidently settled that we can abound in hope. We can just, uh, we can just have this confident hope and expectation that uh, and looking forward to when Jesus actually comes again every man that hath this hope and the basis of that hope is Jesus himself and what he has done for us and the hope of uh, seeing Jesus the hope of his spending eternity in the presence of God Every man that hath this hope. And then he goes on and talks about uh, a, this, uh, this person purifies himself. Um, so, um, there's, there's several scriptures, and in, in, in the, the devotional alluded to this whole concept. There's several scriptures that speak... Uh, Specifically to this kind, this this thought, every man that has this hope, uh, and I'd like to maybe for starters, I'll just refer to uh, Colossians again. We we looked at that already. Colossians three.
And if we're familiar with this scripture, you know, it talks about being risen with Christ, having been, uh, basically having been born again, having the Spirit of Christ in our hearts. Um, and that if we have been risen with Christ, we're to seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. We're to set our affection on the things above, have our hearts on an eternal focus, not on the things of the earth. For ye are, verse 3, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And that basically, that is saying we died to the old man and the old life. And we now have a new life in Christ. And then he goes on, verse 4, when Christ who is our life shall appear. We've been talking about that. When Christ shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Uh, that's, that's exactly what we've been talking about. Then look at the next verse. Mortify therefore. Verse 5. Right after uh, the, I, the thought of Christ will appear and we shall appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members. Mortify therefore your body. Uh, that which are your members which are upon the earth and he lists numerous sins there fornication uncleanness inordinate affection and so on uh we're to put those things to death we're to uh, deal with those things if they're in our lives why because uh we are waiting with expectation for our lord to return and like John says, he that, uh, he that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Uh, so the, uh, Colossians also speaks to us about, uh, uh, in light of Christ, in light of our life in him, that we, uh, we are aggressive in dealing with our flesh and the sins of our flesh in light of the fact that we are his Christ and that we are waiting for his coming and we are waiting to join him when he comes and therefore uh, he gives us some mortify I mean that is an aggressive word that is dealing harshly with uh, your sins your flesh and its lusts and desires Um, deal harshly with it Titus, and you can turn to Titus, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through verse 14. A similar concept here. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And there it is again, this this whole matter of Christ's return, looking for uh, that ble- uh, that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. The, this matter of, of living a godly life and in, in the perspective of waiting for Christ's return is is woven together in the scriptures, living a holy life. Uh, 
looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So there we have that uh, same uh, concept given in Titus. Galatians 5.24 says it this way, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So we have in these various scriptures, uh, we have uh, you know, we there's one scripture we didn't look at yet here. Let's look at that one and then I'll make a few comments. 2 Corinthians 6. Uh, verse 14. I don't think I looked at that one. Yes. I'll start in verse 14 and read through chapter 7, verse 1. Be not, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial, and what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come ye out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Um, again, the same, uh, some, uh, yeah, very similar thoughts. Uh, he challenges us to not uh, be. Uh, unequally yoked, he says it this way, unequally yoked with unbelievers. Uh, and he says, what, it, what uh, agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Uh, we are the temple of the living God. God says, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come ye out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Uh, Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. And with those promises that if we walk with God and we are faithful to him and uh, we are his sons and his daughters. And since we have those promises, Paul makes the appeal that we should cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Uh, So uh, we are in the world, but we are not of the world, as Jesus said in his prayer. And. uh, you know, on Friday night when, when uh, the town is full of, of uh, carousing and partying and, and whatnot, uh, we're not part of that crowd. Come ye out from among them. And I'm using maybe more of the extreme, but uh, we should not, as a, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, uh, we should not be mingling in the in the sins of the world and and just uh, we shouldn't be found there. Uh, we should uh, uh, 
separate ourselves from those kinds of activities doesn't mean that we cold shoulder the people that do those activities necessarily because they they need to see um, uh, they need to see the life of a Christian lived out and God chooses different ways to help us have that happen but we don't just cold shoulder them and act rudely to them because they commit a lot of sin. That's not what the Bible is talking about here. But we do not participate in their sinful activities. We are clearly, clearly cut a line and, and do not participate. But reach out in love and care and invite them into uh, the kingdom of Christ. And so... Uh, we keep ourselves from those uh, abominable things. As this scripture says, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. <clears throat> so we have, we have these different terms that are used in these scriptures. Uh, one of them is uh, every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Another one is uh, cleanse ourselves from uh, the filthiness of the flesh, as this scripture says it. Uh, Colossians says, mortify therefore. Uh, another scripture says, crucify uh, the flesh. So those are uh, those are some very um, aggressive words in helping us to put definition to how we should deal with the sins and things that want to come up in our lives. Um, Let's turn to Romans 8. Romans 8, uh, the whole chapter is an exposition of this subject of walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. And in, uh, in verse 12 to 14, he says this as part of this context. He says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Uh, and he says that in the context of what he has said about uh, how we are, uh, how that if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We are debt- we are we are debtors not to the flesh. We we are not indebted as as human beings. Just because we're a human being doesn't mean we're indebted to live out those fleshly desires that uh, are part of our experience. Uh, we are not indebted to do that. He says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Uh, pursuing and living after the flesh only has one end, and that is death. Uh, spiritual death, a person who pursues, uh, gets entangled in the lusts and sins of the flesh and follows them and walks in them, he'll, he'll die spiritually and ultimately in the end, uh, in eternal death. Um, 
But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body. And there we have another aggressive word. Ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so uh, there are different scriptures that speak of 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 uh, being led by the spirit of God and and uh, that uh, just uh, like this one in Romans 8 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Uh, the two ways to walk. One being following that which is of the flesh and the other being that which is of the spirit. The um, maybe maybe let me quote this one scripture yet. Seeing ye first uh, Peter one twenty two, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. And that scripture again speaks of seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit. It's uh, it's as we walk in the spirit and. And you and, uh, you know, life, life happens. I know I probably said this before. Maybe I say it too often, but life happens. Situations happen. Circumstances happen. Uh, and we are all of us are continually uh, responding to life. And we are generally responding in one of two ways. We are generally either responding in by the Spirit, which will result in certain fruits, or we are responding by the flesh, in the flesh, which will also result in another package of fruits. Uh, But that's in general. And so just to yeah, make it kind of easy and simple and I, to understand that as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, our life is hid with Christ in God. We have his spirit in us, but we're also living in a body of flesh that has its desires. And so both of those are, are times vying for the upper hand in our experience. And we are exhorted to mortify, to put to death, to crucify to deal with the flesh as it when it wants to take the upper hand, when it wants to be the one in charge, to be aggressive with it and to walk in the spirit, to 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 have those day to day responses be responses that are motivated by the spirit of God that is living in our hearts. That is God's heart for us. Will we do it perfectly? Are we perfect? <laughs> we'll probably not do it perfectly. But first of all, may it be our utmost goal and desire to day by day, moment by moment, decision by decision, choose the way of the spirit rather than the way of the flesh. It 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 needs to begin by... First of all, having that as our driving passion, that uh, intense desire to live in that reality. And then we all know and understand that there are those times in life where you you may look back on something and realize, you know what, I missed it there. That response was wrong. Uh, 
And praise God, there's repentance. There's an opportunity to uh, find forgiveness and cleansing for that fleshly response and get right back on track and focus on the spirit. And so the hope of the son, that is the hope we have, the hope of eternal life, the hope of of uh, even uh, grow, uh, growing in, in our holiness, in purity, in, in uh, walking in the Spirit. Because uh, reality is, it's, uh, it's either walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh, and maybe sometimes they get kind of jumbled up in our experience, and that happens. Uh, but we, when, when we miss it, it's generally because uh, the flesh kind of got got in there wanted its way wanted you know so the hope of a son we have lots to look forward to and that hope should be a uh, should be a, a a great motivation really to to uh, purify ourselves as john says it i'd like to close with this scripture in philippians 1 Verse 9 to 11. I'm going to turn there. It says, In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Or we could put the word discernment in there. That ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Again, that day we've been talking about, that when Jesus will appear. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. That's the note I'd like to close on, that we would abound yet more and more in knowledge and discernment. Being able to discern even in our own lives when the flesh is actually what's controlling us, is leading us. Being able to discern whether it's flesh or whether it's spirit. Uh, you know, the, there's big things that we all, you know, we all know exactly where they fit and where they belong. But there's a lot of little things that we, that, they get gray for us. They get gray for me, you know. Uh, let me just be really practical. Let's say I go to a, a, a sales lot to buy a, a, a pickup truck and there's two pickups sitting there side by side and one of them has um, a number more options than the other one at a, obviously a, a bit more of a cost. Um, now, how do I discern what's going to lead me in making my choice there? You know, it's pretty easy. Obviously, you know, there's always the financial side of things and you have to evaluate what can I afford and what can I afford. But are, are we comfortable to allow, am I comfortable to allow my motives to be examined to that point to say, okay, uh, 
what is actually leading me to choose the the vehicle with the the greater options, the the more luxuries, the more? Is there a viable reason, or is it just because I can afford it? It's just because I want the the status of the higher class model. You know, those are those are things that we. I mean, it kind of gets uncomfortable in my own heart. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> but is is that does that does that actually apply? Does that uh, flesh versus spirit being guided by flesh versus spirit does it apply in that kind of situation? Does it apply when you ladies walk through the fabric store and or choose the pattern that you choose? You know, it applies. It's just that. Sometimes we're hesitant to allow it to get that fine-tuned in our hearts. I am. I'm going to admit that. It, it's. But I want to grow. I want to grow. And if I want to grow in the sensitivity of the Spirit, I need to be willing to allow the Spirit to, to touch those finer details of life. And... Uh, and in light of the hope of eternity, you know, uh, some of these some of these little details should actually become pretty uh, pretty uh, what's the word? You know, um, when we when we hold it up in light of eternity, it comes it comes insignificant. Yes, uh, whether whether I have the model with the greater options or not uh, once we get to eternity I'm kind of going to forget about whether that pickup had this or that or not I suspect unless you know there's actually that scripture that talks about uh, the wealthy and how the rust of their things are going to stand against them in judgment something like that so yeah All right. amen let's uh Let's uh, allow the Lord to continue His work in our hearts and uh, allow that uh, walk to be fine-tuned as His Spirit works in our lives. Welcome that work of His Spirit. If you're able, let's just stand together a moment and close with prayer. Heavenly Father, again, thank You. Thank You for this assembly. Thank You for all present. Ask again a blessing upon our hearts. Ask for ears that hear and hearts that understand and hearts that receive truth from you, Lord. And Lord, go with us and uh, help us to, to walk in the Spirit, to mortify the deeds of the body, to uh, purify ourselves, even as He is pure, as John says it. Lord, Bless us in that endeavor. Give us hearts that love and desire to walk with you in fullness, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your care for us. Thank you for your leading and grace and guidance in the past. And uh, continue, Father, to enable us in our journey to walk faithfully that we might with joy await your return. So again, Father, thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.